<laughs> okay. And hello, we're back again with the Retail Growth Series. And I am super, super pumped and excited to have the amazing chef, Hiken, um, with me today. Um, if you haven't checked him out, he is anything customer experience-based, anything um, based around getting experiences going in your business and if you're a retailer this guy is fantastic he's going to tell us a little bit about himself introduce himself now and I don't want to overtake the conversation because I do talk a lot um so thank you for joining me all the way from the states chef thank you so well, much. thank you for having me it's an honor to be here fantastic can you tell um people what you're about a little bit about you for people that maybe sure. don't know who I mean, you are yet? the basic gist of it if we were sitting next to each other on an airplane we started to talk and you said, so what do you do for a living? I would ask the question, have you ever walked away from a business and thought, wow, that was an amazing experience or those people are, are amazing. Well, that's what I help my clients achieve. Uh, I'm a customer service and experience expert, and I work with companies all over the world to create amazing experiences for not just their customers, but also their employees as well. I believe that What's happening on the inside of a company, any type of company, is going to be felt on the outside by the customer. So uh, the whole idea of customer service and experience actually starts on the inside and works its way out. Amazing. Yeah, so true, Chef. And I think I've worked a lot of retailers and I've seen that. I've seen that as an employee being in that shop floor and you're feeling the energy and the vibes. And when you're in that mood, it does. It robs off other people. Um, sure it does. I suppose what you've been in the business for so many years, Chef, um, and obviously we've gone through a big change that's happening and it's still really happening at the moment with COVID and a lot of things have been going on. What do you what are you seeing at the moment with with people that are dealing with that customer experience and staff experience? What are the common things that are, that are coming up at the moment? Well, the, the biggest thing I we recently did a study, uh, my 2022 Achieving Customer Amazement study, which, by the way, is available free. If you go to hiking.com, you'll click on the little research button and you can download the stats and facts. Now, they are U.S. consumers that we studied. However, worldwide, even though the numbers vary a little bit, the concepts are still pretty much the same. I'm going to put on my glasses so I can share with you. This is really important. I think we asked what was really important to customers uh, as far as service is concerned. The number one um, I get thing, if you want to call it that, that our customers wanted were they want employees that are kind and helpful. How hard is that? It's not that hard. And then, you know, they want to, if they need to reach out to you, they want to be able to easily reach out to you. They want a phone number that's accessible, people that are accessible. Uh, they want knowledgeable. This is, we're going in order. Uh, for the top three or four. Uh, the next one is number three is employees are knowledgeable about the products and services that they sell. So if you look at those top three, you go, wow, that's not really hard to do. However, we actually gave our survey, uh, the people we surveyed eight choices. In every single one of the choices, there was an increase in desire for customer service in each one of those categories over last year which tells me that service is becoming even more important. 10, 15 years ago, companies like Forrester and Gartner would say customer service and experience are going to be more important than anything as we get into the 2020s. They weren't wrong, but it's still happening. Customers are smarter than ever. They know what good service is because certain companies 
rock star companies, if you will, are setting the bar high and teaching our customers what great service looks like. And therefore, those same customers want that same experience from anybody they do business with, which is why we suggest you don't look just at your competitors to find out what you can do competitively to win your customers over. You start looking outside of your industry and say, who are the companies I love? Why do I love them? And is there any of that why, that reason we love them, that we can bring into our company and do for our customers, which not only makes us better competitively within our industry, but actually starts to look at the, the whole world. We become world-class if we do it right. Yeah. And you touched on there, the ones that are doing it well. What, what have you seen out there that you can say, wow, if we had if so many more businesses done this in this certain way, we would get an amazing five-star experience? Yeah, I don't know if we get a five star. We strive for that, of course, yeah. but let's let's do this. Let's make it easy to do business with us. I wrote a book about uh, right before the pandemic, uh, which was titled yeah. The Convenience Revolution. And it was all about creating a frictionless, convenient experience. A big thing is how do we save our customers time and effort into doing business with us in any way that we can? And when we start to create that convenience, convenience is a differentiator. As a matter of fact, um, we looked at, you know, well, generally, customer service and experience makes price less relevant. 58% of the consumers that we studied, and by the way, we pulled over 1,000. So we, are, we, we looked at, again, a cross-section of the U.S., but I want you to consider that even in the worst of times, even with the demographic of people that are uh, financially not as well off as those that might make you know, a six figure plus income, the desire for service is there. 58% thought that great service was more important than price. Now, if you add convenience to the uh, equation, 75% thought they would, uh, they would switch to a competitor. And I've got some other, if, if, if the uh, experience is more convenient, but let me give you another really important stat because um, we found that, um, let me get to the convenience. There we go. 70% would pay more for convenience, which is even higher than just good general customer service. So important. And if that convenience includes delivery, as there is a way to deliver, like, you know, look at what, I'll give you a great example. Uh, prior to the pandemic, if I were to order food to be delivered to my home, like at a restaurant, restaurants, you know, wouldn't charge for it. Today, they charge for it. And guess what? We are happy to pay for it. Okay. Once again, convenience and great service makes price less relevant. So I think to your answer, I know it's a long answer. If there's one thing a company could do, if they already had friendly and nice people working there, knowledgeable people, it's make it easier to do business with you. Yeah. Convenience, 100%. And, and when we talk about that, obviously, a lot of a lot of retailers that weren't set up from an omni-channel perspective, we did see nearly a revolution, a little bit fast forward a lot on that. Um, and they brought in a lot of amazing systems. You know, um, you can check stock, check your phone. We have some organizations that when you go into that shopping center, they can pick up from the app that you're in there and they can send you specials and all of these kind of things. I think where, where I'm seeing the gaps, and I don't know if you see this, is that because we're moving now to digital, how do we marry up those experiences that we have 
from a people to people perspective into that digital face and, and and what does that look like because i'm seeing that there it's a lot a lot of people are struggling to do that and do it the right way and um, but still be connected to the customers without bombarding them either because we all hate getting all those you know hundreds of emails we want to reach out to our customers we want to do it the right way right so first of all you've you've mixed like 17 questions into one question <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let's see if we can hit a few of the, the, the main points. Number yeah. one, the digital experience is extremely important. Yeah. It's, you can't, the bet, and, and, you know, how do companies balance it? Well, the best companies have figured out how to balance it. Uh, some uh, customers are going to want to do the traditional, I want to go in, touch, feel the product, talk to people about it, while others are happy to do the research online before they ever go in, if they even go in. So yeah. you've got to recognize what your competitors are doing to provide an online or digital experience and recognize it. Uh, now, it's important, you know, some people are going to go overboard. Some companies are going to go overboard. They're going to push the balance the wrong direction. So be careful who you're trying to emulate, because if you emulate a company that's like, oh, wow, they're all digital, it seems to be working for them. And you do that. And all of a sudden, your customers aren't coming in like they used to. There's a reason for that because you've alienated them with the 100% digital experience. Whereas if you were able to blend it and you use the term omni-channel, which a lot of people still don't understand what omni-channel looks like, but basically it's a hybrid of online and in-person experiences where they, and true omni-channel means they're seamless, they're together. Like if I were, uh, let's, let's make it easy. I mean, it's, if I, if I look at something online and I go into a store, it's a little bit difficult uh, if I walk in for the person to simply recognize that, hey, I was already on your website looking. However, if I'm on the website looking, if I'm on my mobile app uh, that you have, uh, you know, that I've installed on my phone, which, by the way, if you can get a customer to install your app on their phone, they've made at least some level of commitment that they haven't made to your competitors, most likely. I think that's a real important thing, so handle that right. Uh, but if, if I'm calling somebody up or interacting on a chat, um, it should be easy for the, the software to say, hey, this person was just on the website looking at whatever the product was. This information should seamlessly transfer over to the person that's at the company who's interacting with the customer so that the conversation continues rather than keeps having to start over again and again. Once again, we're talking about convenience, right? It all yeah. ties together. So the best companies create this balance. Um, even Amazon is starting to go into the brick and mortar space because they recognize the importance of providing a customer options. They probably do most of their business still online and will continue to do so, but they know that some customers, many customers, make it worth the investment for them to have both. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to what you were saying there. Sometimes we have those more traditional customers that want to come in, touch, feel, um, and have that experience piece as well as have that online piece. We're seeing a huge move in, um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about metaverse. We're seeing virtual things popping up you know we have I think one store um I read had a virtual fitting room so you know the customers would come in and they they press and they would you'd see they see themselves Isn't that cool? wearing an outfit. 
It's so cool. It's so it cool. It is so cool. It's amazing. Um, and I'm just thinking, because I'm seeing all of this happen, Chef, and I'm seeing this huge shift in virtual reality. And look, I love it. Um, and my son is big into these VR headsets. So it's happening all around us, yeah? Um, but where does the human aspect fit into that? Because I'm seeing less and less and less of people um, involved in that experience piece. And I mean, the kind of the more face-to-face traditional pieces. Um, what is your take on that? Or what's your thoughts on that, I wonder? Sure. Well, yeah. a couple of thoughts are coming to mind. Number one, the whole idea of virtual or augmented reality, especially in an online experience is really cool. I could see what the dress looks like, the suit looks like, the earrings look like, whatever it looks like. I think it's very cool that we're able to do that. Where the human experience comes in is where I want the opinion of the salesperson. I want to get direction from a salesperson. I don't. I just don't want to say this looks good on me and, and be alone. I want the person that I know, like, and trust who I've been doing business with to, I want to walk into the store. If this option is available, I want to be able to either look at the mirror that automatically does it, put on the glasses, whatever. I want to have my friends, my spouse, my partner, whomever, put on those glasses alongside so they can see. I want to have that salesperson be able to give me opinion and make suggestions. Here's the thing. Even, I, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, I go to Nordstrom to buy a lot of my nice clothes. Now, yeah. I could go to Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, phenomenal stores, okay? Mm. But my personal salesperson, the one that's been taking care of me for years, mm. is at yeah. Nordstrom. She's like my, my consultant, okay? I'm not yeah. going to buy from anywhere else. Now, I will go online and I will look at what's on sale, what there is to offer, and I'll walk in and I'll share this with my, my salesperson. And she will tell me, I'm nuts. It will look bad. It's out of style. It's in style. It's too cool for Shep. I hope not, but you get the idea and we're able to interact and I trust that person. And you know what always happens is when I look at that business suit that I'm interested in buying that was online, I walk out with shirts and ties to go with it because that's what I need. So the hybrid experience is powerful. And I don't think that's going away. I think that 10 years from now, 20 years ago, it's going to be different, but you're Mm -hmm. still going to have a hybrid experience at some level. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, that especially we can see a lot of people are doing the hybrid thing now, and we can see some people are having early withdrawal symptoms over not seeing people, and you know they're kind of going. Mm, and I'm just thinking how because retail for me or going into store for me, and obviously I know you know we're, we talk a lot about the Gen Zers of the world, and they're big into their phones and all of this sort of thing, and yeah what's your kind of thoughts around I suppose um with the Gen Z coming up at the moment where do you see the next evolution happening with a long customer experience if you've mm-hmm. worked on any retails or being there where do you see that evolving interesting uh, there's so many stats and facts and one of yeah. the things we did in our study is we took a look at the generations yeah. we, we took a look yeah. at Gen really Z millennials mm. what's that it's really interesting It really is. And sometimes it's very surprising. I'll give you an example. When it comes to customer service and support, Mm. the phone is still the number one way customers want to reach out to you. However, that number is skewed because the boomers, the older generation, really love the phone more than the Gen Z's and the millennials, right? Okay. Yeah. By the way, millennials is such a large demographic 
you can cut that in two because it's about a 20 year or so generation. So yeah. cut that to younger millennials and older millennials, and there's even differences between them. So, uh, but let me go back and say that when you start looking at like, well, is who's more sensitive to price? Okay. Yeah. You would think Gen Z, they don't have the money. They're coming out of college. They're, they're going to yeah. be really sensitive to price and would rather have a lower price than service. Actually, we found that boomers actually want the lower price more than even Gen Z. Yeah, it was a surprise to me too. And I thought, that's pretty interesting um, that that would, you know, it just kind of threw me for a loop. Why is, wouldn't that be more important uh, to somebody that had a little less money? And the answer is no, they still want the value of the experience. So whether that experience is digital or in-person doesn't make a difference as long as you give them that great experience. Yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting. Um, and I'm fascinated with that whole um the those whole generational things because I think if you've if you're a parent and you've kids, you can definitely see um those traits there with with your own with my kids, anyways, and, and with other people's. Um yeah, so let's I'm just so you know, this is where I've got it. Um again, we surveyed a thousand plus mm -hmm. consumers, we weighted it to generations, population, you know, ge geography, male, female, and all the demographics make for what we call a gen pop study. It's basically yeah. the U.S. census. Here's what's interesting. When it comes to uh, price, uh, let's break it down. Uh, we asked, would you pay more if you knew you would receive great customer service? All right. Uh, boomers, 46% said they would pay more. Gen Z and millennials, 60 and 62%. Okay. That's a pretty big gap. Yeah, that is a really yeah. big yeah. Yeah, that is a really big gap. Um, really interesting as well. Um, because if we look at the traditional buyer, which you know would be your baby boomers, you would think that they would have a preference with that. I would have thought with the whole, you know, person to person, you know. Right they wouldn't probably be as quick to go online as much as the other generations. So quite interesting, actually, that that came out of that study. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, I mean, uh, I remember somebody once said, when you're young, you have all the time in the world, but money is sometimes an issue. As you get older, you start realizing you're running out of time, but because you've been working all your life, maybe you have money. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you would think that, that the value would be more important than the actual spending of money, uh, you know, whether you save money or not. And yet this stat surprised me, which by the way, similar questions we asked in prior years, um, you know, have, it, it's, it's doesn't seem to make, I mean, it's, it's, it's tracking the same way. Yeah. 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 Really interesting. Um, Chad, before we finish up, um, what would you say that I suppose if you could give advice, because we do have some smaller retailers and it has been quite tough during COVID for them. Some of them have struggled to keep their doors open. There is an issue with staffing at the moment across the board. They're, they're struggling uh, to all get over the world. worldwide. And we're seeing that in hospitality and we're seeing it in retail. And these are amazing, you know, and um, retailers, amazing people, but 
we can't they can't get them in anymore a lot of people are you know we're seeing this big evolution of um people kind of setting up their own business almost there's a huge um entrepreneurial um phase going on at the moment anyways where i'm based i'm seeing a lot of people are going out and setting up their own thing and they've realized the time is quite precious and they've realized that going into work and whatever it be at nine to five nine to six isn't really for them and now they're going out doing their own thing but i suppose looking at the retailers what could we do or what advice could you give or do you think is beneficial to really if you could give a bit of advice to around getting people in the in the workplace a customer experiencing and we know it's the the basics we know it's about being good and being kind and all of that but is there anything you could share I know you've so, wrote so many books and you're you, you've so many studies done and I'm just I'd love to 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 know that is there something there that we could take away from Wow. Okay. So there's a lot again to that question. Let's, let's just <laughs> talk about, uh, number one, uh, if you want good people, you got to take care of the people the right way. Uh, yeah. the number one reason people leave is not because of money, but because of lack of appreciation and appreciation comes in the form of you recognize me for the job that I'm doing, you know, um, what I'm really good at and you take advantage of that. So I actually wrote a chapter in a book a, a few years back. The book was titled The Amazement Revolution. Um, it was actually my book that hit the New York Times bestseller list here in the U.S., which is pretty right. cool. Um, and in this book, one of the chapters was titled Fun, F-U-N, Fun. But fun is, is how you treat your employees, not like a party, like it's a fun rah-rah. But fun is about F fulfillment, U is, is uniqueness, and N stands for next. So F-U-N, it's an acronym. Fulfillment is creating a job that people enjoy doing. They, they like coming to work. Uh, my lead case study in that book was Brian Keeley, who I believe is retiring this year from a healthcare center, major hospital chain here in the U.S. And he said, I want to create destination employment, meaning when you come here, I don't want you to want to go anywhere else. And the many people right now, and you are probably thinking, well, that's a huge company, uh, you know, big healthcare system. What about a small company? Well, how about a local chain of, uh, it's not even a chain. It is, it is a chain in the sense, but they're all owned by local entrepreneurs and that's Ace Hardware. Do you have Ace Hardware's over there in Ireland where no. you are? No, I'll but I'll definitely look it up. Because they're in 76 countries, okay? Now, they may not be called an Ace Hardware, but they're hardware stores. There are, many of them are owned. One family, mom and pop, owns one store. And they're not big stores like uh, Home Depot or one of these large big box stores. No, these are small retailers. And there are some of these, like when I interviewed them for another book I wrote called Amaze Every Customer Every Time, uh, what we found was there were certain stores where there were applications where people said, I want to be on the waiting list for a job here. And in wow. order to get that job, somebody had to die <laughs> or retire <laughs> so that there was an opening because they never left because they, these employees were treated so well. So whether it's a tiny company or a large company, fulfillment's real important. So you've got to hire people and give them a job that they will love. And because you want them working for the company, not just a paycheck. Number two, yeah. uniqueness. And this, by the way, ties into making them fulfilled. What gets, what are they good at that they could be doing for you that gets them excited? An example of that, there is a, a, a hotel that I went to in Seattle and I recognized 
this guy is a server that was there like 10 or 12 years before. And I said, you've been here a long time. I remember you from the last time I was here because I've been here 20 years. I go, wow, you can be doing anything. Why do you choose to work here? And he said, they treat me right. But you know what else? I love videos. It's like my hobby. And they found out. And once a month, I get to shoot a video about the hotel and something happening here. And they let me post it on their website. Now that's his unique talent and they're exploiting that unique talent. And this guy, even though it's a tiny piece of his job, he loves it. Google would let their engineers work uh, one, I think it was like a certain number of hours. It might be like a half day each week on whatever project they wanted to work on. So they can go and do that small little sliver of what they absolutely wanted was enough to keep them there instead of going to the competition. Finally, you get to end. What's next? So you got fulfillment, uniqueness, and next. Next is about, are we doing something that's new and exciting that we could all get, you know, that this is happening tomorrow. This is happening next week. We're going to roll out a new product. Or are people just loving their work so much they're excited to come back the next day? So when you create that F-U-N, that fulfilling, unique, and next type of uh uh, strategy for your employees, you have a pretty good chance of keeping those people. I said something really important. You want your people working for the company, not a paycheck. So treat them right, pay them competitively. And yes, it's going to erode your margins to pay them to the, what they should be paid and the benefits they should be getting. But you know what? Having a smaller margin and staying in business longer term is better than being short-sighted struggling with employment issues, and eventually potentially losing customers and ultimately, the worst case, going out of business. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic, Steph. And I loved those examples you gave there and the acronym FUN. And I think people will be writing that down because it's, it's really, really good. I think it's fantastic. I think small things like you said, you know, the example you gave there of allowing that employee to, to do a video for the website, that doesn't cost a lot of money. That doesn't cost really anything. And They're there anyway. It's supporting the customer. It's supporting right. the, the, the business. So it's just, it, it is being innovative and it is getting to know those people in your business and what they're yep. interested in. What do you like? What do you do at the weekend? A hundred percent. How about this? Do you speak any languages outside of our native language? And if so, now we know this person can talk to, you know, if they speak Spanish, talk to Spanish. If they speak, you know, who knows what, German. They talk to German customers. And maybe uh, there's a way to even, uh, you know, we talked about video, shoot some videos in different languages. So to appeal to, and can you imagine when, when that employee goes, wow, they're using me for something special that I'm really good at or, or maybe unique about. So yeah, exploit the talent that you have. Yeah, love that, Chef. Um, you've so much knowledge. Um, thank you so much for your time. I'm conscious of your time. Um, well, thank and I you. Really I appreciate it. it. Great to be here. Congratulations yeah, on all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much, Chef. And um, please check Chef out. He's absolutely amazing. Um, he has his own podcast as well, and he has his own Chef TV, I think, as well, which is amazing. Yep, ChefTV.com is my YouTube yeah. channel, and there are yeah. everything that I write in a book or everything that I'm thinking about will either find its way into an article or on the YouTube channel. So there's almost, I think, 900 videos on there. And many of those videos are my weekly tips that I share in all my writings that eventually get into my book. So 
They're all there. So you can go online, find the tips that you like, and once a week, share a three-minute, four-minute video with the team and talk about it. It doesn't cost anything to do that. Uh, you know, we don't charge for those videos. If you want to go to the next level, sure, we have online courses that you can take. But this is a really good start, and it, and it's uh, a way to get everybody customer focused. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeff. You've been fantastic, and yeah, thanks, really. Hopefully, I'll talk to you again. And it was fantastic. I can't wait. Thanks, thanks Louise. So much. Thanks. Bye.